We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? I am. I, this is just an overall great day. We go straight from having Tariq right into some rapid fire. So I know we've got all <laughs> kinds of other, all kinds of other topics that we can get to here tonight. What do you consider spring priority number one for the Notre Dame football team? What I consider to be the spring priority for the for the Notre Dame football team is just continuity and meshing of a lot of new faces in, in some kind of big positions within, you know, the Notre Dame over, you know, Notre Dame's football overall, there's a new quarterback coming in. There's a new offensive coordinator. There's a new quarterbacks coach. There's a new offensive line coach. There's guys leaving. There's new guys stepping up. Um, you know, there's going to be underclassmen coming in from last season that now have their shot to, you know, now are getting a better, bigger, better shot to prove themselves. So overall, I, I just want to see this new, you know, the, the new number one priority is the continuity and how this team comes together. Because I, I think all of the talent, I even think, I believe all the talent is there. It's just a matter of how this group is going to come together as kind of one whole unit. Yeah, I and I would just kind of say that specifically to the offensive side of the ball with all the new, we, with all the changes being on that side of the ball between bringing yeah. in Sam Hartman and, and, you know, the continuity he's got to have overall in the offense, but specifically with the receivers and you've got a new offensive coordinator, you've got a new offensive line coach, you've got a new quarterback coach as well, you know? So there's, that's where, that's where all the changes this year. So I think it's finding that continuity, you know, finding their rhythm, figuring out what it is they're going to be. And obviously, you know, there's, you got to set, you sort out the pecking order with the ride wide receivers. You got to figure out at least get, get started figuring out who those two guards are going to be in that kind of thing. Those are priorities as well. But I think just that continuity and that mesh on that side of the ball with so many changes is my priority. Number one. Yeah. And, and kind of looking at it, you know, from a defensive perspective to me, it, it has, it, it, it comes down to, you know, what, what have we learned from a, a second or, you know, a, a, in your second season, essentially, because, you know, Tariq kind of touched on it. There's differences when you go from, you know, having a di different defensive coordinator, you know, every year for the last three years and, and him kind of alluding to, you know, some of the complexities of, of Golden's defense. So I think defensively there needs to be, uh, we need to see more knowledge or more, you know, that the, the defense is, 
is more understood this season and being able to execute at a faster um, and higher overall level, I think has to be the priority on the defense. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, they've obviously got to figure out what the secondary is going to look like, figure out the defensive line or any of the young linebackers going to make a move. And I, I saw someone on the board say today that, that no one ever talks about Prince Kali when when they talk about the young linebackers. I think we've brought Prince Kali. <laughs> He's I, always you know, like, spoken about. I think. Yeah, Prince Kali and Jalen Sneed. Obviously, there's there's opportunity for them. I think the, the question is, can they can they make a big enough move? You know, and, and yeah, that and that's like? you know really that's what what Tariq was talking about is just having that understanding of the playbook, and that's what those younger guys are going to have to be able to demonstrate in order to get their shot is just knowing, you know, just engulfing in that playbook and understanding why things are a certain way. And, you know, like he said, Golden Golden teaches something and has clear expectations for why he's doing it. So understanding, you know, how those things go together, I think has to be those younger guys' top priority. Yeah, for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Jesse, if I told you Marcus Freeman will be as successful over the next two seasons as Neil Ivey has been over her last two seasons, including this one, of course, what does that look like for Marcus Freeman? You know, I, I, I thought about this one for a little bit. Neil Ivey is now, you know, she won the regular season ACC tournament. She's in back-to-back Sweet 16s. And I think, you know, even the Sweet 16 is overlooked. You are one of the top 16 teams in the country. So to me, winning, you know, obviously Notre Dame can't win a regular season championship. They don't, you know, play in that for a conference tournament championship or any of that stuff. So combining that success along with being one of the final 16 teams in the country, I think that that would look like, you know, Marcus Freeman getting into the playoffs almost uh, would be my opinion. Or, you know, uh, I would hate to say one game short because I feel like that doesn't even kind of match the level of success that Neil's had. So I think getting into the playoffs, honestly, and being on that national stage is the next step or what that would look like for Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I think this year it means you're back in it at the very least a New Year's Six Bowl. Right. Because, you know, like if you're like gonna, a 10, 10 and above season, I think is the, yeah. would be the bare minimum. Yeah, exactly. Like you're around 10 wins and you're in a New Year's Six Bowl this year. Next year, because there's going to be a college football, you know, the, the college football playoff is going to expand next year. Next year, you're in the playoffs. You know, I think I think that's what it looks like. That would be, you know, as, 
it's it's obviously apples and oranges when you're talking about basketball and football anyway. But I, I think that that is what it looks like. And continue to recruit at an elite level because why has Neil Ivey been able to do this? It's not <laughs> just a great recruiter, not just strategic. Yes, that's absolutely right. A great recruiter. She's bringing in elite players and Marcus Freeman is a great recruiter as well. Maybe that's why they get along so well and they support each other so much (laughs) is they're just very similar in their, their coaching, great coaches, great techniques, great leaders of people, you know, like Tariq said, knowing how to string together a group of people and and get the success that you need. That's right. By the way, we talked about this a little bit at the start of yesterday's show. And there are more reports out within the last couple hours that, it is apparently looking like Micah Shrewsbury from Penn State is going to be Mike Bray's replacement really? as, as head coach. I love now, that as like now, a very first kind of, you know, I think that could that has a lot of potential. And I think that Shrewsbury is a guy who could help elevate the program and, and which the kind of players that he can get in the style in which he plays. Because, you know, Penn State – they were a very solid team this season, and yeah. they, he he proved through good coaching because they didn't start so hot um, that you know good coaching and getting you know out of the most out of his players can lead to you know the success that I think Notre Dame is looking for as well. Yeah, and, and I mean he's not a guy who two months ago probably anyone was talking about in part because of what you're talking about. They didn't start off that great, but then here comes Penn State, and they're the ten seed in the big 10 and they end up playing in the big 10 championship game and they make it to the NCAA tournament. And he's only been there for a couple of years. And I I think you're right. Like I think just based on what we've seen from him as both a developer of talent and someone who can uh, recruit and, and just the whole picture, I think that that would be a really good hire for Notre Dame. And like, when you look at, you know, the, the, the other guys who are out, you know, it's like, do you want someone who has already had some success in a power five conference at a place like Penn state, which is obviously a football school, or do you want some like an, you know, these mid-major type guys who are both in the tournament as well, Colgate and, and Drake and private institutions in the whole thing. And I think he would be a really good fit if they ended up and like, that would be, Based on who's out there, who's available, who makes sense, the whole thing, I think that he would be a home run hire if they are able to land him. Same. I really like that. If that, you know, obviously nothing's official, but the sound of it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rom, like said, he really thought that they would land Tom Izzo. Now, apparently, Penn State is going to make a big, again, I think this was John Rothstein from CBS who was reporting this, that Penn State is expected to make a big counteroffer. Um, but we'll see. It, it It's it's all kind of happening right now. So could be Micah Shrewsbury. That would be very interesting. So tonight is the, the, the championship, the final game, the finals, of the World Baseball Classic, you've got the USA versus Japan, but you've got players like New York Mets closer Edwin Diaz, who blew out his knee while celebrating a WBC win last week. Astros second baseman, excuse me, Jose Altuve, suffered a fractured thumb during the WBC. And a lot of people are saying they shouldn't be playing it, at least 
when they're playing it right now during spring training before the season and all that kind of stuff. Which option do you like better? Do you keep it where it is? Do you move it to November? I'll throw a, another one in there. Do you play it during the All-Star break? Because I saw that suggested today. Or do you just get rid of the World Baseball Classic? What do you think? Uh, I think immediately there are two that are off the table for me. It's One would be get rid of it. Um, and two would be move it to All-Star break. So that, to me, is keep it where it's at. Uh, or move it to November at the uh, end of the season. And honestly, you know, I the Edwin Diaz and, and Jose Altuve thing, yeah, it sucks, but it, it's just it just happens. It's just those crazy things that go unexplained. Like how long has Altuve played baseball his whole life? And he's never gotten hit in the thumb and fractured, or, you know, or, or, you know, got hit in the thumb and fractured it. So you can't tell me that it's just only something that happens in the WBC. And no, it's just something that happens, potentially can happen when you play baseball. And it's just like, you know, with Edwin Diaz, I'm sure that he's jumped up and down or, you know, celebrated before and nothing's happened to his knee. It's just these are freak accident situations that are being kind right. of blamed on the WBC. And I like where the WBC is right now, because at the end of the season, I think that there's actually a better chance of someone getting hurt because you have more fatigue on your body. You have more strain on your body. And then you're, you're, you're kind of revving up to play even more games. So right now, you know, as you're getting into the swing of the season um, and a lot of these guys, you know, yeah, you're playing to win, but it's also a great opportunity for these guys to get back in, you know, to baseball shape, baseball condition. And to me, it's like, it, it's, it would be better than spring training. I would like it as a player. Cause I feel like it's more competitive. I feel like I could really develop more a, in the preseason aspect of it. Obviously you're missing, you know, some of the weeks with your teammates and that kind of stuff. But again, as pure baseball, I like where it's at. I love the WBC. I mean, have you not seen the USA game in the quarterfinals where Trey Turner hits a grand slam to, you know, propel the U.S. <laughs> back? Or even last night when Japan hits a walk-off, you know, double in the bottom of the ninth against Mexico. Like, we're seeing very good baseball games. It's yeah. just unfortunate some of these bad things are happening. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued about the November thing. I, I get what you're saying about the fatigue and all that because you would be playing it at the end of the year. Like, if you started it, you know, like right after – the World Series, and you would be going up against football and all that kind of stuff in terms of interest here. But, you know, they, they play it because not just of what's going on in the United States. Like, the World Baseball Classic is a much bigger deal to virtually every other country besides the United States, you know. And I don't mind keeping it here. And you're right. You know, a lot of these injuries are just random. Like, they could just as easily – have been injured in a spring training game as, you know, getting injured in a real game. And Tommy Gunn says, keep it where it is and let them adults decide to play or not. I mean, isn't that what it comes down to? Like the, no one's, no one's forcing these guys to do it. They don't have to be there. Let them make their own decision. I definitely would not want it during the all-star break. One, the all-star break is not long enough. And it's and a break. Two, <laughs> and two, it's a break. Yeah, that's exactly right. The players want, a break like right now these guys are basically playing real competitive games in lieu of spring training games that nobody cares about so what's the harm you know and these these pitchers all have pitch counts and stuff like that so keep it where it is i i, I don't i don't understand why everyone's getting all worked up about it but by the way i saw this today ticket demand is through the roof for this Japan USA game, the average ticket price, apparently, according to a report, 185 bucks, 255% of 
more expensive than the average price of a major league game last season. That's according to Tick Pick. <laughs> There's always a reason for tickets to be expensive. <laughs> right. All right, next question. Today is March 21st or 321. Have you watched the Purge movies? Have you seen the Purge movies, Jesse? I watched the first couple, but like, you know, some things, there's just, they draw it out too long. There's only so yeah. many Purge movies. Yes. So if you've seen the Purge movies, you know, 321, 321, March 21st is the annual day of the Purge. If you could purge one thing from sports, what would it be? Uh, this, so I, I thought about this for a while and I, I was, you know, I was like, should I tinker with something like a serious drastic rule? Would I change? You know, I, there's, there's a lot of people who have very kind of fun, uh, ideas about this. And I, I, I wish I could, <laughs> if there was one that was like, a, there was a quarterback and he just like completely, I think it was like Mahomes one time he was talking about how like it just, there was, I can't remember, but I took a more fun side of this, I guess is what I'm trying to get to. Okay. Um, okay. I would allow fighting in sports as long as it was warranted without repercussions like hockey. I'd be all for the, you know, the ice fights without guys getting sent to penalty. I think there's situations sometimes where, you know, maybe uh, in baseball, when, when guys start throwing at each other a little bit or guys are starting to slide, you know, with spikes and that kind of stuff. Like I'm all for in certain situations where sometimes you just need to let, you know, blow some steam off and then both sides go back to their side and there'd be no repercussions. So I hate to say, like, you know, bring organized boxing to sports, but, like, I feel like sometimes you should just be able to kind of go at it a little bit and then just go your separate ways. I like that. T-Gun <laughs> says purge unwritten rules. Technically, I don't know if you could purge unwritten rules because they're unwritten, so they're not actually, you know, tangible to be purged. But I get what you're saying. I would go with... The in-game sideline reporter. It annoys me to no end, and they're taking it to a new level during the NCAA tournament with, you know, on, on CBS, the men's tournament anyway, with, you know, like you grab the coach and you get them. And they're, they're only getting one question, so at least they're being limited. But seriously, the in-game interview, the coach is supposed to be coaching. Like the mid-major coaches, I think, love it because, like, that's the first time they've probably been on TV. You know, they're on national TV. They're in the tournament. They've actually got someone there asking questions. Like I know Tobin Anderson, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, loves it. But the in-game interview, sideline interview, is the most innocuous, just totally, totally worthless thing in sports, I think, right now. Get rid of them. Agree or disagree? I'm just not as opinionated as uh, on it as you. I I, okay. I could care less either way, really. Is it okay. awkward and is it unneeded? Sure, but it doesn't. I, like I'm not like, ah, oh, that's so stupid. You know, why are they wasting my time? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the TV networks pony up the big money, and so they're ponying up the bigger money. And so they're like, oh, we want more access. So they're giving them access. It's like, like it's not enough just to talk to a coach at halftime or something walking on and off the court. I don't know. You just, nothing comes out of those interviews. So Doug Gottlieb says he would leave his radio job for the right college basketball head coaching position. Here's my question. Who would you rather have Gottlieb or now apparently former Fairleigh Dickinson head coach and current Iona 
head coach, Tobin Anderson. Wow, that happened very quickly. It Katina did. <laughs> to St. John's and then, uh, sorry, uh, Tobin to Iona. That that all happened uh, very quickly. But first of all, I want to know like who Doug Gottlieb thinks is, is going to hire him. Like, is, does he think he's in <laughs> – like high demand to coach basketball. Like he, he, he apparently interviewed at like one of the Wisconsin um, direction, you know, like a, one of the mid-major Wisconsin schools. Interesting. I'm not a huge Doug Gottlieb guy. I know he knows basketball. I know he, you know, played basketball and he obviously did some things to, <laughs> to get in trouble while playing basketball. So I, I I'm more of a guy like uh, Tobin Anderson. I, I think he's kind of, how do I say it? Maybe not worked harder for it, but I, as a coach, I just feel like I could trust him more. I feel like I would just I, like he has a more love of the game. It's more genuine. And he's just kind of worked really hard to get to where he's at. So I, I would go with Tobin. Yeah. I mean, he's got a, you know, a, it seems like he's got a good personality. And I mean, he parlayed that Purdue thing into something, just landing that Iona job. And like this is a guy who was a division two coach for a long time. But that's the biggest reason. Whether he was coaching at Division Two or not, Gottlieb is on the radio. Does he know basketball? Sure, he knows basketball. He, you know, he played and all that kind of stuff. There's other things that he did that we don't have to talk about here. But he played. He knows basketball. Sure, but has he been a coach? No. The answer is no. Like he he hasn't been a head coach anyway. And Tobin Anderson has been a head coach for a long time. And that, that's that's what I don't get. Like people even entertaining bringing on Doug Gottlieb as their head coach because he hasn't even been an assistant. He hasn't paid his dues as an actual basketball coach and gone out and right. done it. So, so uh, Tobin Anderson has, even though nobody had heard of the guy a week ago, he beat a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And it's still crazy that Fairleigh Dickinson wouldn't have even been in the tournament if not for Merrimack transitioning to Division One this year. And here goes FDU, and they beat Purdue in the first round. And now, not even a week later, Tobin Anderson's got a promotion out of it. Going it's to all crazy. Just one opportunity after another, just compounding on, on top of each other. Yep, for sure. Fill in the blank. It's blank that women's number one seeds, Stanford and Indiana, both lost in the second round of the tournament this weekend. It is, to me, astonishing that both of those teams lost because you see more upsets in the men's game, sure. But I feel like more often than not, ones and twos in college women's basketball make it down to the at least the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, like, Every single year, like it's just it's a more consistent game in terms of the higher seeds win that, you know, the, the higher seeds usually funnel down and are some of the last remaining teams like you might see a final four where all one seeds make it on the women's side like that is not uncommon, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. So when you see two teams go out in the round of 32, that are number ones like that is crazy to me. And then overall, <coughs> excuse me, I think it's even crazier that both IU teams, men's and women's, lost to the to the Miami teams in the same round, That's round of thirty two, different seeds, and both teams. The, the, the school of Miami owns IU in basketball right now. It's just kind of crazy to think. I don't know if yeah. that's ever happened before. Has 
has a team been eliminated by the same team in the same round in the same year of or you know NCAA tournaments? Both men's and women's. Yeah, good question. Good question. I'm. I, I couldn't answer that, but what I can tell you, <laughs> this is just the second time since the tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1994 that two number one seeds didn't reach the regional semifinals. The only other time was 1998. So, like, this is very rare that, you know, the women's number one seeds lose, especially multiples. It's also the second time in the past six years that no double-digit seeds reached the round of 16. And I think that it is, you know, like like Tommy said, that it, it proves that Notre Dame should have been a number one. I, I don't know about number one, but at least a number two when you look at how things have shaken out, shook out so far. But I, I think it's good for the women's tournament. Like the fact, like, because typically it's it's chalk all the way for the for for like a number ones and number two seeds, you know, like with few exceptions. Typically the one you know you you see so many one seeds breezing all the way to the final four you know maybe a two in there or whatever more and more you're starting to see some of this and I, so i think that it is good for you know the the overall stature of the women's tournament because for so long it is it has been a tournament that is devoid of real upsets and so now you're finally getting upsets and seeing some exciting games like I was watching the end of that Miami-Indiana game last night, and it was really exciting. Miami was ahead most of the game. Indiana tied it up, and then I think they even took a one-point lead for a little bit, like in the last minute of the game before Miami came back again. And it, Indiana was one of the teams that there was some argument about, whether or not they deserve to be a number one seed. I don't know if this validates it or not, but – it's good for the ACC and it's good for the women's tournament overall to 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 see that you you know that some of these top seeds can be beaten in the early rounds and I think the transfer portal has a lot to do with it you know like moving players I think and I think the transfer portal actually has a lot to do with what's gone on in this men's tournament this year as well with with players well, moving all over the place all sports across the NCAA level of bridging or narrowing that talent gap between the, the the you know the very top teams and the bottom teams we're seeing you know that that talent gap shrink and i i, I just think that's going to be a common trend going forward is you're going to see like look at kansas state this year they their whole entire men's team this season that is now yeah. in the sweet 16 transfer basically portal. came from the transfer portal so yeah that's just a, a you know a big leading case of what we're kind of talking about <laughs> Romlick says Sean is lying. He was watching Quantum Leak. DVR, my friend. DVR. And you I know, just... Derek, it took me a while to figure out that that was you, but <laughs> your true identity has now come back. Yes. We added him last night, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Miami guard Destiny Harden dropped an F-bomb. Speaking of that Miami-Indiana game. Miami guard Destiny Harden dropped an F-bomb live on ESPN2 last night after the win over Indiana. It was during the post-game interview. She's sitting down. It was the on-camera interview. It wasn't just a sideline reporter where they're still celebrating and stuff. She sat down with the play-by-play -play announcer and the analyst and uh, dropped an F-bomb during the interview. I don't know if you happen to see it or not, but do you blame Harden for dropping it? Or do you blame ESPN for letting it slip through? 
Uh, yeah, I, I really don't have anything to, you know, any sort of judgment on this one, because honestly, I think of, I, I think about this quite often, actually, like, if I were in a big time moment, and I was being like interviewed, and just overall excited, adrenaline, you know, a big game, big win, like, I would be scared that it would slip out naturally, just because of, you know, pure excitement in those things. So <laughs> I totally feel for her. And I, I have no problem with it. It's definitely not a big deal. And if ESPN thought it was a big deal, then you know they have we're, we're on lag. Like they they have time to be able to. They you know, could have. Like, you see it on NBA games all the time where guys right. are you know yelling courtside, dropping f bombs courtside, and all of a sudden you won't hear anything. Well, it's because they picked up a guy you know that's mad in the moment. So it's definitely possible. And if they cared that much, I think it's on them to to cover it up. Man, we've got like a whole chat full of salty people. It's not just salty Virginia <laughs> peanuts. Like everyone's salty about this right now. Who cares? What difference? It's like it's it it was jarring because it just doesn't happen. And it wasn't like the way she did it. I was watching it when it happened, and they asked her a question, and I think it was like, you know, what the conversation was on the bench before, you know, they went back out to the floor for the shot that she hit that ended up being the game winner. And she said, one of the assistants told her to go win the effing game. And of course he didn't say effing. He said the actual word, which, (laughs) which she repeated during the interview. And it's just, it's just jarring when you hear that because they generally bleep it, you know, one, they bleep it if it does happen, but two, it's like you don't hear players and you especially don't hear women's players dropping them, you know. So it was it was a little bit jarring when it happened. You know, ESPN, you know, I agree. You know, they've got to be not, not I agree. I think they've got to be a little bit more on top of it if it really matters. But like when you were talking about it, like you remember um, the uh, um, the last dance. Did you watch the last dance on ESPN I think when so. it came out? I watched most of it. There were a lot of f bombs on that, and they had two different channels. I think on the I think on the main ESPN, it was bleeped, and maybe on ESPN two, they they played the unfiltered version, and they told you up front. So it is cable, so technically they don't have to worry as much about it. You just very rarely see it, you know. So that's. That that's that's again why it was so jarring because I was not expecting an effing f bomb <laughs> in the post game of the Miami Indiana women's game. So, hey, good luck to Miami. You know, good weekend for the ACC and Notre Dame. Of course, off to the Sweet Sixteen this week, and we found out tip off time, eleven thirty Saturday morning. We've got the early game for the second year in a row. We had the early game last year. Uh, up in Connecticut against North Carolina State as well. How many games are being played that day on the on the court? Uh, that's a good question. Is it two or four? I, I don't. I'd have to look at the actual schedule. There will be four games for sure. I think they're playing. I don't know that they're playing them all on the same day. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. You know, because there's there's technically two different regions that are there. So I, I just, don't know if I find it weird if it's that two Saturday, two Sunday or not. I find it weird that that's the time to go with. Like it's <laughs> I doubt that any of those teams have played a game that early all season. <laughs> right. Let me let, let me actually look here real quick and I'll see if I can tell you. Let's see. I'm going to pull it up. 
since you're asking. No, there are two games on Saturday. There's an 11:30 game, Notre Dame Maryland, and then UCLA South Carolina play at two o'clock, and then the next day. Actually, hold it. The day before that, there will be two games there as well: Villanova and Miami, as well as LSU and Utah. That's in the other region, the Greenville Two region. So. There'll be two games there on Friday, two games there on Saturday. They will not play four in the same day. Interesting. Yeah, I think so as well. But it's, you know, the 11.30, regardless of how many other games, I guess is just about TV because you do still have more games to go, you know, uh, at, at other regions, basically. That's a good point. Because you've still got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five games. It looks, oh. I see. What, there are two other NCAA tournament games, and then there'll be a couple NIT games I'm seeing on the schedule here as well later. Not have you ever been to but, South Carolina's campus? I have not been. To, it, it's not. It's not at. Um, it's not in their campus. It is uh, Greenville, South Carolina. So it's a. It's it's an actual neutral site. So. Have you been there before? Have you been in that arena? Have they played in that arena before? Um, the only time I've been there was actually in 2002. I was talking to Tom Noy about this the other day. 2002, the Notre Dame men, Mike Brain, the Notre Dame men were in the NCAA tournament in this arena in Greenville. It was called something else back then. But they played Charlotte, and then they played Duke in their first two games the women were playing in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is about two and a half or so hours away. And like the women played on, I think like the men played Thursday, the women played Friday, you know, and then it alternated like that. And so because of like the off days, uh, there was a little group of us, we rented a car and we actually drove the two and a half hours back and forth and, and watched the men's games down there. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that's my one experience down there. <laughs> Well, I hope am it's enjoyable. I, am I going to be able to get up that, that early? That was funny. Yeah, that's Eric, what I was laughing at. <laughs> that is that is like uh, every day I'm up early, so <laughs> that will not be a problem. And say, is it, don't you? It's, it might be the opposite. The, don't the, you wish you could sleep later? I do wish I could sleep a little bit later. It's it's the you know eight o'clock and nine o'clock games that bug me. So <laughs> that's just where we are. And no, Jesse is is not going down. To South Carolina. I don't. I've never. I don't think I've ever been to South Carolina. That's what sparked me in asking if you've been to South Carolina. Because I remember you used to have that map in your office, and you pinned every place you've been, and it felt like it was. That's right. About everywhere. Uh, That's right. In your travels. So I forgot about that. Yep. A lot of holes in the wall. By the time I pulled <laughs> the pins out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate. The questions that we had for Tariq Bracey, and of course, appreciate Tariq Bracey earlier in the show as well. So uh, glad that uh, you were able to to take part in that and see that and had some good. Yeah, anyone that's just him. getting here, make sure and scroll back and, and listen to that interview because Tariq was great yep. and it was just awesome getting to hear some of his insight as he prepares for his big pro day. Yep. Just download the podcast in the morning if you want to. It'll be take there a as nice, well. you know, take your dog for a nice walk and <laughs> there you get go. The interview in. That's how you do it. 
All right, well, we are going to be here tomorrow, first day of Notre Dame spring football practice tomorrow morning. We'll be out there, and then uh, Marcus Freeman has a press conference scheduled for a little bit before 10 a.m. tomorrow. And uh, so tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, we'll have some of Marcus Freeman's press conference comments. So that's what's coming up on tomorrow's show. So until then, we will talk to you later. Have a good one. IB Nation Sports Talk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.